I don't know anything about the topic at hand. Hello, I am your host, Samuel Hansen, and you are listening to Combinations and Permutations, episode 49, brought to you by AcmeScience.com. On this week's episode, I once again get some people together to discuss three pieces of very, 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 I cannot stress how very important this mathematical news is. Here we go. Hello and welcome to Combinations and Permutations, the... Oh, it, we're now probably the fifth most popular uh, math podcast. Uh, that uh, now puts it behind a new project that I just started with uh, Peter Rowlett called Math Maths Podcast. You can find us over at pulseproject.org or some crap like this. But don't worry about it. You're getting the good stuff here. I save my best work so you're for combinations and permutations. Shut up until I introduce you. I'm going to introduce you last now because I don't like you. Uh, we're also behind Math Factor, Math for Primates, Travels in a Mathematical World. Uh, but we are ahead one math podcast. That would be Strongly Connected Components, my oh, other one. I'm, I'm really – you shut up too. Uh, I'm, really, I'm really dominating the low end of the spectrum of mathematical podcasts, and I am totally fine with my position. I'm not complaining, not saying that all of you should go to iTunes, write reviews for this, convince all your friends to listen, maybe uh, go to the forum at acmescience.com slash forum. not saying you should necessarily do any of these. But uh, I, would, I would like you more if you did. Uh, so first up, uh, introduce uh, someone whose name I might possibly get right, Eric Everstein. Good job. You know, you're now seven for 15. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, get, I'm getting a lot better here. Uh, and I just want to point out the way that I managed to figure it out and how I'm now going to refer to you as uh, R.L. Stein. I'm going to call you R.L. from now on. Frankenstein didn't work. Beer nope. Stein doesn't R.L. Stein. Goosebumps. No, Goosebumps. R.L. Stein does it. Okay. Goosebumps okay. did it, man. Okay. Love Goosebumps. You're still not allowed to talk. And then next up, the man with the superpower of always talking too far away from his microphone, Anthony Solari. Hello out there. <laughs> I, I didn't say talking through a wind tunnel. <laughs> Old timey radio voice. <laughs> I'm just, I, I'm just yelling from the back of the room. I'm actually in the next room over there, and I'm just yelling as loud. Well, as it's mostly because he smells, and we don't want him in the room with us. And then finally, Mr. Interrupter, Nathan Rowe. Have you already uh, recorded? episodes for that new podcast you mentioned at the beginning yeah uh it's recorded the first one last sunday and there were more... which is like three or four or actually probably six sundays ago in accordance with when this is actually going to get released and there there are more uh subscribers for that than this is what you're saying probably and, but, but does it show up first before it in a Google search? Oh well. How, uh, math, you when you search math podcast, you get a bunch of uh, like Mr. Kenny's math podcast for the sixth grade at J. H. Schwartz Academy. In Actually, a lot of my students they just go online, start looking at YouTube. 
things and try to get YouTube to explain all their math to them nowadays. I yeah. I've well, seen speaking of it, I, I mean Khan Academy, which is something that I actually plan on talking about in a future episode because it's really cool, and I hope to interview him for strongly connected components too. Is it's really good. Mm. Like he is really good at teaching mathematics. There's there's also there's also a uh, like a whole system set up for for learning and testing and whatever called Alex. I okay. can't remember how it's spelled. A L E K S. No, or something I'd, like that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know that. Um, but it goes through the high school level. It it, it stops. Okay, yeah, the right. Khan Academy actually goes through some calculus and probability and stuff too. Some of the higher level calc. Mm-hmm. I think even some multivariate stuff. Uh, but uh, that's neither here nor there because that's not what we're talking about today. Uh, so let's let's get into our topic. Uh, what we're going to do again is like a few episodes ago, and we uh, talked about you know three articles that I had found and made everyone. Read uh, with varying degrees of success. If I remember, at least one person had not actually read them at all. Or if he did, he uh, mm-hmm. did not remember any of them. And so uh, we're going to do the article thing again. Uh, this time, uh, we're going to start with what is at this point breaking mathematical news, but uh, in the, let's see, uh four or six weeks when this is going to get released. It's no longer going to be breaking, but I'm sure it will still be news. And that is uh, Grigori Perelman uh, and the Clay Institute of Mathematics Millennium Prize presentation that happened uh, this week. I want to say, or it, uh, was it this week or last week? It was, I think, Tuesday the 8th of June uh, that the ceremony itself, or Wednesday the 9th of June, that the ceremony itself actually took place. Uh, and lo and behold, as all of you, I'm sure, are drastically surprised, he didn't show up. <laughs> right. And I, I got, I grabbed a uh, article from, what is this? Azerbaijan. <laughs> it's an Azerbaijani Stringer article uh, entitled. Is it, is it translated into English or was it written in English? It looks like this entire site. Uh, it's news.az. So news.az is news Azerbaijan. And it's all in English. The entire right. website's in English. Hmm. Wow. Uh, and so the title of this, Rat- Russian math genius ignores $1 million millennium prize. I do not disagree with any parts of that headline. Russian. He's Russian. He is Russian. He's definitely a genius in mathematics. And he definitely ignored this prize. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I don't know that he ignored it. because No, he ignored it. He... he has not contacted the people. They no, didn't no. know whether or not he was going to come. Yeah, but giving somebody a cold shoulder involves an active response. Sometimes. No, Sometimes. It, come on. Think about... I, mean, I know we've talked about him before here, and we definitely recorded a segment for Stop Podcasting Yourself on this yeah. a year and a half ago. Uh, oh, this, we called him the blokiest. Yeah, he was, yeah. it was the math, oh, yeah. the math blokes. Wow. Uh, I might, I might try to go back and... That. Try to go back and find <laughs> that from Dave and Graham. Uh, uh, but... Yeah, I mean, this is active on his part. This is an active thing. This is not him just kind of not yeah, doing he, it. It's he, him stating, yeah, he, he I am ignoring you. Yeah, he didn't just, like, forget to be there. Nobody forgot to tell him that, you know, he, had, he was getting a million-dollar million prize. Well, yeah, but that would be forgetting. He's actively ignoring He's them. actively trying to make the statement. Basically, he's trying to stick it to the man. You know, he's just sticking it to the it's man. It's a million dollars! 
apparently the statement's I mean, worth a million dollars. Yeah, too. well, I mean, you could view it as a statement, but I think he's just doing what he wants to do. I mean, he has made very clear that he's unhappy with the mathematical establishment, with how it is, and he doesn't want to deal with it anymore. You know what he's doing? He's not dealing with it anymore. Um, I would choose yeah. to stop dealing with it after I got the million. <laughs> uh, I mean, agreed, exactly. agreed. I mean, but, I'd say stick it, show up, pick a hey. suitcase full of money, and walk away. You know? Yeah, no, I mean, I mean <laughs> I'm of two minds on this subject. I mean... You know, he's sticking to his convictions, so he deserves, he gets a lot of respect from me on that side. But on the other side, yeah, I, mean, I mean, they've offered to, he doesn't even have to accept anything to just send him the million dollars. Yeah. Like you know, for me, I'd, uh, you know, okay, sure. You yeah, know. you could like, just I mean, send it million, to me. Send yeah, it, and then uh, I'll, I'll continue ignoring <laughs> the, you after the that. Mi- <laughs> the million dollars was not contingent on him going to the ceremony, it's not contingent on him even saying that he accepts the prize. Right. Like, they're willing to just cut him a check and send it to him. And after a year from the date of the, uh, date of this ceremony he has a year to get the money mm-hmm. it doesn't it's going to charity sure. and so i i i know he he doesn't want to be the lapdog of mathematics fine okay i i understand that i understand why i turned down the fields medal i wouldn't have done it i definitely would have gone and taken the fields medal and gotten my place in history uh but well, I think that's he, that's because i'm an egotistical he probably has bitch. a bigger place in yeah, history by refusing it exactly than, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is that is true um but I would have been okay with the smaller one and then like the $15,000 or whatever Actually, it comes I went with. To, I went to Barnes & Noble and I saw a book on Perlman. The whole thing was I, about how he's the most famous guy to ever not accept the <laughs> Fields Medal. Like he's the books. only guy not to accept Except, the Fields Medal. I, I've never seen a book about another Fields Medal, just Perlman. And I think it's only because he didn't accept really? it. Really? I've seen books written by Fields Medalists, but not about Fields Medalists. I think, I swear that I've, or at least books that spent half their time talking about a Fields Medal winner. Just give it some time. There'll be a book about Terry Tao. All right. <laughs> well, I, I'm sure, I'm sure that there, I'm sure there are um, plenty of books about Fields Medal winners, but the those books, you don't know that person yeah, sure because of the Fields Medal. You know about them because, because of the result that earned them. The right, Fields Medal, right? Uh, but I mean, back well, that's what I'm saying. kind I of back to what I was trying to make a point on a little bit ago. Fine, don't don't accept the money. But if it's going to a charity, why don't you accept the money for a charity that you want it to go to, or tell them cut the check for this? Yeah, because you know, just to stick it to them, they're going. See, they're going to gonna give it to the fucking Fields Institute. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you start your own little stick it to the man institution. Yeah, you or you your know, dollars there. or tell them give the money to Russian math education or something like that, yeah. or whatever, whatever he feels should be his pet project, whatever he feels is the best project to be supported. I'm Why like, doesn't he just write them a letter, be like, hey, uh, I really like this dog rescue service in Outer Mongolia. Give them the money. I'm wondering if somewhere along the line, some, somewhere he got probably got involved in politics. I mean, do you guys no. know any of his history? N- no, he, he doesn't. Like, he has removed himself completely from everything. But since when? And when uh, did you, this even happen? while he was solving the proof, even then. Like, he stopped lecturing. He stopped going around. He had, uh, he had visiting positions in a, yeah, at least one, if not two, of the major universities in the United States, major math universities. Oh, so and he, he was had, going he on had, talking tours all the time. He had and positions then, here. Yeah. Okay. And he stopped completely uh, to go and finish the Poincaré conjecture. Yeah. That makes it even less explainable. He's, he's, very much a Russian man. Like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm okay, that is stereotypical. How many Russian men do you know? Uh, One or two. At least, yeah, at least a couple. I mean, we have a bunch in our in our math department. I mean, not, how many not of them do you students, know? But, 
We have uh, one as a grad student. We have one as a grad student who I know. Honest. And then there's Dr. <laughs> um, uh, shit. Um, Bachman. There it is. Bachman. Oh, he's Russian. I didn't know. Yeah. That. I didn't know Bachman was Russian. Well, he, he was at least on the other side of the wall. When the wall fell is when he came to the United States. Okay. But I mean, other side of the wall, I mean, that would put Maleshkov there too, I yeah. believe. Yeah. Mm. Maleshkov is also a Russian in my mind. Yeah, but Bachman, he's Polish, but right? Bachman is actually oh, yeah. Russian, oh, okay. I'm pretty sure. Okay, um, but I mean, still, we don't really know these people very well. I'm, yeah, I'm mean, just saying that's a bit of a blanket no. statement. No, well, okay, but, but yeah, well, Bachman behaves in a very, very similar way oh, okay. to Perlman. If you know, if you know, he was assigned that's true. to he just, teach... He just hushes people when we walk right. into the office. No, but he was like, into the building, teach. if you walk too loudly down his hallway. God, I'm glad that no one at yeah. UNLV knows that we actually record this. <laughs> and yeah, and actually, I was assigned. To, he was my. He's still my advisor, actually. <laughs> I, I think. I, uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure. sure he's still my advisor. Anyway, I I walked in at, the day after I got assigned to him. I was like, "All right, he's my advisor. I should at least go talk to him, say hi, say that I've met my advisor, and I'm trying to work with him." So I walked into Dr. Bachman's office and I say, "Hey, I've been assigned to because at that time they assigned." my advisor. I was like, I've, I've been assigned to be your grad student. And he was like, and he gave me this whole spiel about how we weren't a real institution, how he, he was not accepting graduate students, and how he would probably never accept graduate... department assigned you to him! They assigned, he wasn't accepting graduate students, and he wouldn't accept graduate students until UNLV became a real institution. How are, we're accredited, we have a PhD program. Yeah, I don't I, know. We're not, I, I we're walked not, in. We're not I, a I spectacular institution, but we exist. But that, that's, that was the first thing he said to me when I walked into his office. Oh, maybe the problem is we're still finite. We're not... We're not uncountable. We're not a real oh, institution. Oh, real in that sense. I, uh, That's that was not horrible. Very funny at all. <laughs> yeah. No, but but Bachman one time. That was okay. That was funny in that it was horrible. I'll yeah. give you that. The, 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 that was not meant to be a like a whip snap a joke, there, buddy. That was no, horrible enough it's... just to be funny. Uh, that was actually just on the line of not being bad enough to be funny. Though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not like, be that was like, horrible. Like bad kung fu, you know? It's it's so bad that you can actually make fun of it. I think actually, maybe, maybe I think if it gets bad enough it gets funny again, but then if it gets even worse it just stops. It's, it's just depressing. Yeah. Uh, it, one last thing I kind of want to point out about Perelman. Uh, he actually lives in a tiny apartment uh with his, mom. With his elderly mother. Uh and He's unemployed and lives in poverty. Yeah, with his mom. <laughs> Maybe he should accept the money. Okay, this is an official plea from combinations and permutations to uh, Dr. Perlman. I know that you're listening. I know that you're a huge fan of our work. We are also a huge fan of yours. And it is our sincerest wish that you accept the money to help support your mother. Or a cause against No, no, no. Just support. I think that his Mm. mother deserves, you know, a bottle of Stoli from now, from time to time. I think they know their situation better than any of us, man. Stick to your guns. (laughs) (laughs) You know. Uh, That is not the official stance. I give the official stance of this podcast. I don't know. I mean, And all of AcmeScience.com. 
I don't know. I mean, if I didn't like Hitler, for example, and he, Hitler offered if. me a bit. Yeah, so if I didn't like Hitler. <laughs> let's assume. Yeah, okay, okay. Let's, let's assume. And I was. Let's I, assume you're not an anti Semitic jerk. Yeah, let, let's just. This, I know it's a stretch, but we'll, we'll just assume this, okay? Now, say I didn't like Hitler, and Hitler offered me a million dollars because he thought I was one of the better people. I can. And, like, a whole bunch of soldiers to follow me. I can't. I still would take it just so I could shut down Hitler with all that. Well, stuff. yeah, no, I mean that that's kind of the point. If if Hitler offered me a brigade and a million dollars, I would take the brigade and, and the million dollars the and try to kill yeah. Hitler. Exactly. And, and get I just... more money. <laughs> well, the main point is I wanted to be the head of the National Socialist Party in Germany during nineteen thirty eight to nineteen forty four. And I and, I mean, mostly I wonder because I did not think that he was efficiently killing people. He aimed at the wrong demographic was the problem. It's like, he wanted to kill people, right? Yeah. Why aim at a minority? He should have been killing the motherfucking Protestants. That's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot more of them. Think of how big the Holocaust could have been if he went after the Protestants. Oh, I see. We're you trying to make more of a... the Holocaust <laughs> Yeah, I was about uh, to say, everybody would so jump on him if he said something like that, though. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think he maybe could have killed, like, six people. Before, <laughs> before the rest of them just jumped on him. Right. That's the problem. Okay, fair enough. So let's, let's jump off to our, to our next topic here. Uh, I, I think we kind of spun that one into the ground. Uh, and I think you. that I'm going to get a few lawsuits out of this last one. People don't like killing Hitler. Is, that, is this a problem? Uh, no, no, it's not the killing Hitler. Hitler. It's me uh, saying that the Holocaust should have been bigger, should have targeted Protestants, and I want to run the National Socialist Party. Oh, well, maybe. I don't know <laughs> who, who doesn't? <laughs> I don't know if that constitutes a lawsuit. Yeah, I was about to say, I mean, there is no National uh, Socialist Party. Hate speech. Mail. Uh, oh, yeah, hate, yeah, okay. hate mail. That's, that's well, hate speech. I'm, uh, oh, hate speech is a, is a non-protected... Right. Yeah, yeah, I guess you could. Okay, so the, the, the next one, uh, too bad Brandon isn't here uh, to hear me say this because he would yell at me a lot. Maths enrollment. Silly British people. Yeah, I know. Uh, this <laughs> is actually from Australia. Right, but, they're, but it's they, British. they have the British act. Right, well, it's, it's British is the math. The maths comes from the Britishness. <laughs> sure, why not? Okay, and uh, <laughs> Matt, it's it's just titled Maths Enrollment. Uh, let's see, who is who is this one from? This is from uh, the Sydney Morning Herald, uh, March 10th, 2010. And it's, it's an article mostly about what, Eric? Uh, it's about how math enrollment is dropping. Maths. Maths. Uh, I say math. They can say maths all they want. How many maths? And I don't are care. There? I don't. I don't blame them. There multiple. Well, we've had this argument many <laughs> yeah. times. Okay. Let's just cut it. All right, yeah. maths. There's so, definitely one. What I noticed <laughs> is that you said 2010. Are people? Isn't 2010 the standard? I was trying to be formal. I don't. Hmm. Like, like when it's like 2090, are we going to say 29? Are we going to say 2090? I, I mean, we'll, we'll I probably be said, saying nothing, but, you know, the people who are around. I never said 1,999. Right, exactly. But in the more formal situations, it was in the year 1,999. I, I think that that's no. just when people are trying to in the year be 25, high on themselves. 25? 
or something. Like you want to hear your voice for one second longer, so you. Yeah. <laughs> and does no one expect that from me? I'm just pointing uh, that I out. I think okay. 2010 so, is so the mad. standard. <laughs> I don't 2009. You've been in the 2000s for 10 years now. No, yeah, but no one says 2009 for 10 years apparently. No, twenty. No, but because it was two thousand nine. Because twenty oh nine is just weird. So it was two thousand nine, but now it's twenty ten. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I generally say twenty ten, mm-hmm. but in this case, I wanted to say two thousand ten. It's a totally legitimate way of say stating the year. We've I was just bringing up as a topic of conversation. I've never said it. I don't think. You've never said twenty ten. I've never said either. You, you've never. Oh, you've never had to say the year <laughs> yeah, out loud. I think I'm uh, going to not say the I, year until the year two thousand. I, I never got over writing nineteen eighty nine <laughs> on my papers. Yeah. So I, I have. I have. In I think two thousand six was the last time. The last time I wrote nineteen and then had to cross it out and write. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I so. think I got over that in the year twenty zero zero. That's a better way of putting it. I still do the two zero zero, and then I sneak the one in between. The, the okay, zeros. is this what we're fucking talking about? No. So math enrollment. I'll let. I'll. I'll even go with the math uh, okay. because I. I represent the math side of the maths math math maths podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. And so whenever I'm on that podcast, I'm forced to say math instead of maths, even if I'm reading an article from the British side. So I have to censor myself. So I need to get used to that right now. So math. Uh, so since 2001, in the last nine years, uh, mathematics as a major has declined by 15%. And uh, students taking advanced math in uh, high school has dropped 27% between 95 and 2007. Now, is that's raw numbers? That's a rate? I mean, I don't understand. You well, say math it's, enrollment. it's dropped 15% from what it was before. And that's what I'm curious about. What was the original? Do you know? No, I, I don't know. I mean, we're saying I it's, it's gone from 10,000 to 8,500. Is that what they're saying? They're talking about raw numbers? Yeah. Or they're talking about... 15% of what it was. Yeah, 15% of what it was when it started. Well, it's, it's 85% of what it was right. in right. the yeah. first yeah. year. Yeah. So it's dropped. Yeah. Wow, both these guys made that mistake. That's... <laughs> I, I'm disappointed in you guys. We're a math Wait. podcast and we got our percentages. Did... <laughs> and... Eric just got the mute button. <laughs> Anyway, for, um, for drawing attention to the obvious. No, I, I, th- th- <laughs> to this my article, faults. You know, I can come over to this. <laughs> <laughs> this this article is full of uh, of the these statistics and numbers, and and they all just say there is a decline in people learning math from the ground up, and it's worse at the lower levels than it is at the higher levels. So so there's an even. But that, that means probably that, means that there were. I mean, there were. I mean, obviously, there's going to be fewer people taking mathematics as a major than there would have been taking advanced maths in high school. Right, but it doesn't mm. just say it doesn't just say that there's fewer as a. I mean, it means it's as accelerating because the younger group is even further behind yeah. than the current group, and this group is further behind. So it's well, that's th- that like, was that was a quote from uh, the professor applied mathematics at University of Sydney, uh, Nalini Jossi, said it's a. Quote, looming disaster, and also the trouble is the decline in the number of qualified teachers. There's a lack of inspiration, and as a result, the pool of people available to replace those teachers is dropping. It's a vicious cycle. And this is very sickly. So fewer people taking advanced math at the high school level leads to fewer math majors, which leads to fewer people who are able to teach math, which leads to fewer people taking advanced math. Right, right, exactly. So, so it comes, it comes full it's circle. It's a positive and, feedback loop. Yeah, without a doubt. And I think that um, 
it it is definitely going to result in the uh, fall of our civilization. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm actually I'm okay with that claim. That it's also an official <laughs> stance of this podcast. Uh, I read I read this book once. I thought I thought it was a great book, and basically it was a sci-fi book. And it, this was thousands of years in the future. I was going to thought you were going to say I read this thousands of years ago. I, yeah, I read the, I read this thousands of years in the future. <laughs> Who's yeah. older? Then, really? Um, yeah. Not by much. But Not by yes. much. But oh. I am. Okay. Um, and so I read this book. It, it was set thousands of years in the future, and basically what it has is only the super. Basically, almost all of society had forgot how to do math. Is this foundation? Might have been. Oh, no, I forget no. the Found, title. Foundation, the they didn't all forget how to do math. No, they oh. hadn't forgot. But I don't think so. But they oh, had, it's been a few years since I read it. It was kind of. I've they never had, actually read they, it. The civilization had sort of corroded from the inside out. There was only a small group of people that had this new form of mathematics called... That it was essentially but, I mean, statistics yeah, applied to large groups. Well, basically, oh, psychological statistics yeah, or something, something yeah, like yeah. that. But basically, a large portion of the population had forgotten to even do simple things like add numbers. Oh, okay, so that's not foundation. And I, it might have been... Um, uh, who's, who does all the androids and the rules? That, that's Asimov. 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 I, and I, he I, wrote I think that, that would be Foundation. I think it was an Asimov trilogy. book, so it was probably the Foundation. Foundation trilogy, yeah. Awesome trilogy, by the way. I, I I'd read it a while it. ago. I read it, enjoyed was, it, and I don't remember any of this. Yeah, this was only the only part that I remembered. <laughs> okay. But the problem was people had forgotten how to do mathematics, and the reason was is because computers had done all the simple things for people. And so people, you know, people were used to being told as they grew up, well, why should I know how to add numbers? A computer can do that for me. Why should I know? Oh, this did have a different do? title. The title of this article is Go Figure. Math's no longer in its prime. Uh, yeah. That's funny. <laughs> and pe people had no, no longer how to do fractions. People know, and there was this other group that came in that said, oh, we know how to do this. And everybody was amazed because everybody was so used to calculators doing it. And at the time, I was reading it, and I was like, that'll never happen. People never forget how to add it. And then you started exactly teaching. And happening. then I started yes. teaching math. And, and I, w I was in a pre-calculus class. And in order to teach people how to divide polynomials, I said, you guys remember how to do long division with numbers. They were freaking out. Yeah. They, they did not, not only did they not know how to do long division with numbers, but they thought that was the hardest thing I had taught them all semester. Mm. And they actually spoke up in class and told me so. They were like, I get that. I get how to add polynomials. I get how to do that. But this long division with numbers is totally freaking me out. Just, you know, yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> no, no, that, that, this is that's exactly what has happened. Um, I've done a lot of tutoring of uh, school age, you know, mm -hmm. elementary through high school students. And how, how much they do you are charge? Not, how much? <laughs> charge? Uh, yeah, if people need tutoring. Uh, I charge forty dollars an hour. And, 40? Uh, that's yeah. about it going, right? I can get that. Um, I just I just told someone to charge yeah, 20, but, but he wanted to be he's nice. Not, if he's an he undergraduate not yeah, he's and an has undergrad. no experience, 20 is a good start. Well, he has experience, he has experience but he's still an undergrad. 25, maybe? Yeah, yeah I, I said 20, yeah. 25. I mean, I had I, I had a master's degree, a couple of PhD, a lot of PhD work and a lot of experience. And I was well, you had two master's degrees. Um, all right. Yeah, one of them doesn't get me much, though. Yeah. No, but yeah, I mean, growing up... Kids are not expected to learn numbers because a calculator does it. Mm -hmm. um, I tutored some kids who are like fourth or fifth grade, and they're working on long division, and they were told that they can just use a calculator. Their teacher is teaching them to do division by just using a calculator. They get handed the sheet, they type into the calculator, and they write the answers. They're learning how to use a calculator. They're not learning how to think. 
And now you could say, well, why is that? The calculator does it, you know, but, you know, it's like a lot of other skills. If you want skill in math, you need to, I think, develop an understanding for what's going on. For the you know for the thinking process for holding information in your head and working yeah, through with, it with, and they're not developing that at all. Yeah, without mm-hmm. a doubt. I mean, I'm I'm a strong believer that when you get to a certain point, mm-hmm. using a calculator is fine. Right. But yeah, that when, point once, is not when you're learning to do division. Right. Yeah. I think that point is after you've uh, gotten a decent grade in calculus. Uh-huh. You can yeah. start using a calculator for division. Well, I think because you understand enough that you you don't need. To you know, hand divide. It's like someone saying, "I don't need to learn how to walk. This car can take me everywhere." But I, I think the Mm -hmm. level at which you're allowed to use a calculator is basically the time at which you understand exactly what it is that it's doing. Yes. And at that time, you can say, "Oh, I could just do it, but I'd rather not. I'd rather the calculator." Yeah, I mean, that's that's what I'm doing with my students in '95 right now. Mm -hmm. Like I, you know, go through the addition, subtraction, multiplication, division, and after they are tested on all of that. On the test after that, I'll let them use the calculator. Yeah, that's, because they've that's shown the, the proficiency it. in that part. Yeah. Or, but, well, probably or if, they're going to just fail the first test, and then once they have the calculator, they're back in their comfort I actually, zone, and maybe they'll get a C, and it'll pull. Them I don't up. think that I had a single single failure on my first test. It was yeah, too my, easy then. My first, well, that may be. <laughs> well, it's, it was also a very short thing with mostly simple information. Yeah, I like, mean, there's I, no long division on that first yeah, one. Yeah, I'm teaching 95, and I'm doing the same thing. Yeah. And I'm letting them use the calculator on other stuff, but the idea is I want you to show me the work first. Show me what the calculator did. Yeah. And then you can use the calculator to make sure that you did exactly, you know, as right. a check rather than... Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm actually totally fine with calculators as a check. Well, let's but, talk about one other thing from this article. I, I do want to mention one thing first, though. Um, when my parents were in high school, they learned how to do square roots by hand. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I've, I've never been taught. I learned how in calculus... Um, yeah, I mean, but it wasn't, it wasn't with the idea, this is how you compute a square root by hand. It was, this is how you do linear approximation and they kind of keep it encrypted. And sometimes they say approximate the cube root of six or something like that. But, but, um, nobody until you get to, until you get to calculus in in college. And even then it's, it's only kind of, nobody learns how to do logarithms or square roots Logarithm, well, logarithms kind of, but only then the ones only that you in can figure cases, out. Yeah. yeah, raising e to powers and things like yeah. that. I mean, these are simple things to do. Um, uh, approximating the sine of of something. I mean, they're all they're all reasonably easy things to do, um, and nobody knows how to do it without a calculator. And in my trig class, I say, look at the picture. You can approximate what this is just by looking at the picture. Um, and that confuses them, and so and so I've, I've veered away from that a little bit, and instead I say, you, well, from here you would need a calculator to get any better, and that is, I mean, I, I'm could, I'm kind of okay with that case actually, well, because we were taught it as well, so yeah, no, I but mean, I mean, there there's we were taught it, but also, I mean, once they uh, can understand how to do the signs of the angles that they know, I feel that that's that's honestly good enough. Mm. To, to me, it is. But, I mean, I, there's one other thing from this article I, I want to get into. Okay. And that's uh, year 12 students in Australia. I mean, these, these are all Australian numbers. They but have a slightly different they're system very, there, too. Yeah, but I'm also sure, pretty sure that, the, uh, that these numbers would probably not be that much different here. Yeah, uh, I bet I'd you they'd be worse. That. They uh, might be worse here. <laughs> uh, knowing what I know about the Australian education system, they might not be. 
they'd really? probably be pretty similar. But well, the Australian education here, system has issues right you're now. You're talking about here uh, is in the U.S. or here is in Vegas because Vegas. Oh, oh no, no, no! I'm not <laughs> no, talking about Clark yeah, County. Yeah, that's no, a different that's story. A, that's even here worse. as in the yeah. U.S. <laughs> okay. um, but in the U.S., a lot a lot of seniors don't even take math. Uh, yeah, and that's just a difference in in system. But uh, okay. the the lowest level uh, the uh, lowest level of math, so elementary math. So this is what uh, you know all of us probably took in like eighth grade or seventh grade, depending on how early we yeah. were first allowed to do high school math. Mm-hmm. And this is the elementary math. This is uh, the amount of year twelve students who are taking this has increased thirty percent from ninety five to two thousand seven. Which is bad. Yeah, so I mean, this means that these are the people, people are who, are, who, are exiting, who are exiting high school. So they're either on to a trade or university. And they're no, exiting... I, I'd imagine it'd be mostly trade. Well, no, think about it in liberal arts students, things well, like that. Yeah, I mean, I, but there wouldn't be any science or... Yeah, but I they, mean... They'd be all liberal art. English. Yeah, but and I'm that's ju- I'm not just, real college. Well, but yeah. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, that, is, math, that is, to me... <laughs> a lot scarier than the drop in the people taking the advanced ones. Because yeah, these are people who have probably taken this course a few times, and they're in their last year of high school, and they're still taking the elementary level. Yeah. Right. I, I think 30% that, more. I mean, um, it increased by 30%. Well, I, I think that uh, for me, I don't really get a strong grasp of a subject until I get to the next subject and mm-hmm. see it as, as just a lesser thing. You know, right. like you don't really get you don't really get good at calc one. Well, the calc I don't know, but it's not until I took real analysis that it really drilled in most of the calculuses, yes. and mm-hmm. and it wasn't until I took algebra, like abstract algebra, that it really em- enabled me to do the trig proofs very well because the abstract algebra um, gets you thinking in a completely different way, so that you start viewing I don't know. Um, and so the thing that scares me is. If they're going to just take the elementary math and then get out of high school, it's immediately going to go away. Mm-hmm. The thing that yeah, solidifies that it is not that. the thing that solidifies something is not doing it again for me, especially with math. It's going beyond and right. seeing it as as a as a tiny application in the bigger, scarier math. Yeah. So well, well, they're not even going to be able to do the elementary math two years out of high school. Yeah. Well, talking mm-hmm. about uh, you know going after the test, going yeah, going beyond, and also the idea of lack of inspiration. We're going to spend the last time talking once again about a Clay Institute prize uh, uh. and uh, about a problem that has actually inspired quite a few people. And I mostly chose this of because of the fact that. For some reason, Forbes magazine wrote about it. It's not an especially good article. No. I want to point mm-hmm. out that this article, really bad and contains some incredibly bad mathematics in it that I'm going to point out and rip apart, uh, which they kind of fix with a qualifier later on, but it's not enough. Uh, and this is, was called uh, what? Computing's Killer Problem, I believe. Uh, it's by Lee Gomez. It was uh, March 11th. I'm not entirely sure why it's I like had this the, thing bookmarked. I guess it's the opposite of a killer app. <laughs> a killer problem. Yeah, killer problem. And, and this problem is works on it. Uh, P versus NP, which I believe we've talked about on this yeah, podcast at least a few times because it's, it's one of my favorite topics to talk about. It's, it's a I fascinating did, problem. I did but like this that article. article in that it does describe, it makes a somewhat esoteric topic a little bit easier to understand. At the cost I mean, of a little bit of accuracy. Yeah, there there is some of it, but I mean, it just it doesn't go it doesn't either go in depth or stay short enough. 
If you're going to give this yeah. overview, it should have been shorter. If you're going to go in depth, it should have been, been longer. longer. Yeah. There's there's really only about one. There's like four sentences that that try to explain what P versus NP actually is. And then there's a little things that talk about the consequence of them being equal or being not equal. But, um, I mean, it's... But I thought it did a pretty good job of explaining. I, I thought it was a perfectly I, good I, explanation for the I mean, there were a layman. few, like, not, non-polynomial time necessarily means exponential was one of the mistakes. But it's like... Oh, yeah, that that's <laughs> a major mistake because exponential is your best case scenario yeah. for a non-polynomial time problem. They can get much, much worse. Yeah. Right. Uh, and, but, I mean, they do, they, for just an introduction, maybe some kid who's good with computers, but is like in business school and reads Forbes. Because, honestly, is Forbes even relevant anymore? Uh, I mean, The Economist is relevant. Ouch. I don't know if Forbes is. <laughs> uh, I mean, the last thing I can think of Forbes is well, Forbes was 500. For, well, no, when Forbes was running for president, like nineteen ninety six or whatever it yeah, was. I mean, now that pretty all economic, all <laughs> economists have been discredited in, in the public eye, it's kind of any no. I, like I feel that it lost through. its relevance a bit before, that, except for the list of richest people. Uh, that's a, mm. that's a, no. I, okay, I'm being a little bit harsh on Forbes here. It's just 500 is the biggest companies. Do they do? A, no, no, no. The Forbes 500 is the list of the 500, 500 richest people. people. Oh, okay. It's Which the Dow, the, the uh, blue chips, and then the Dow Jones Industrial Average. I think there might be a Dow 500 I think too. S and P 500. S and P 500. Well, yeah, no. S standard, uh, standard and uh, standard Porsche. and Poor's. Yeah, I think that there's there's standard some company that really maybe it's top. I thought Forbes 500 was businesses, and then you only do like the hundred richest people, and it's a different magazine. No, they do but, the 500. I'm pretty sure. Um, well, I don't know. Um, I somewhere or another, I saw, I saw the. No, Forbes, Forbes 500 is businesses. Yeah. Is it? So well, then they must. Okay, Forbes also oh, does. Oh, is it for, Forbes 400? Uh, but the Forbes also does the list of the richest people, yeah, so it's okay. the same group. So right. no, I mean, as a rating group, I mean, right. they still. It's just it seems odd that the magazine is still around, I guess. Um, and and it's so, but but the idea around. that that yeah, I mean, really, it is it is interesting that something like Forbes, which is you know uh, generally considered a rather conservative media outlet. I mean, in general, it's a conservative media outlet. It doesn't you know cover too much. I mean, it, it wouldn't cover too much math things in. Or math or comp side, like theoretical comp yeah. side things in general. So it's it's interesting that P versus NP seems to be seeping up in the public knowledge, and that can't be a bad thing. Well, yeah, it's it's one of those problems that it's once you've seen it's fascinating. A, yeah, once you've seen a problem which you can categorize as NP. Okay, for people who have not listened to ones where we've discussed it, we should actually give. We're yelling about them not giving a good background, and here we are not giving, not giving any. Oh yeah. Uh, so it's polynomial versus non-deterministic polynomial time. These are two classes of time complexity for algorithms. And polynomial means that you can find a solution to the algorithm in polynomial time. Yeah, or you can write right. no you can write in an algorithm to the size of yeah. the problem. Yeah, in relation yeah. to the size of the problem. So you can write an algorithm that will solve a problem uh, in relation to the input size in polynomial time. Whereas an NP problem, you can verify that a solution is a solution in polynomial, polynomial time. time, but you cannot necessarily write a. Uh, you cannot write an algorithm that'll find a solution. 
But it's it's kind of in the same way that sets are. There's inclusion. P yeah. it, all P problems are also uh, in P problems because obviously if you can find an answer in polynomial time, you can, you can obviously verify it. it in polynomial time. Now this is the point where I'm going to bitch about this article. The the one that I really got annoyed by. Um, factoring you know, they were talking about in P problems. Right. Uh, factoring numbers is a useful example. So they've been talking about, you know, things, you know, in P problems and also in P complete problems. And then oh, they go actually. over factoring. However, going in the other direction, you know, saying that you can check if something is the factorization, but finding it is hard, which is this true. Came up in my but we don't class. know. I actually to end up talking about P versus NP in my nine. Yeah, we don't know if factoring is an in P problem and not a P problem. Uh, they well, mentioned. We right. hope it's NP. Yeah, we <laughs> hope that it's NP. Uh, it says, it seems that fact, and later on it says, it seems that factoring is a part of NP. It's easy to verify an answer, but not in the set of P, uh, but not in the set of P, in that it's often hard to compute results in the first place. That's one reason most researchers think that in general P and NP aren't the same, which is not a, a statement that a theoretical computer science would be, scientist would be happy about, because factoring numbers is not, we don't know. Well, that's what it's it says. It, it doesn't seem. You, it doesn't seem, but it still leaves the implication that it necessarily that it, isn't. That this is a good reason to think that P versus P and NP are not the same. But we don't know what factoring is. Well, oh, I think yeah. it. I think it is a good reason to believe that they're not the same. No, no. When you look at the traveling salesman problem, that gives you a good that reason to you... think that it's not the same because that's NP complete. If you're not looking at an NP complete problem, it's a lot harder. So, what, what? All right. NP complete means that NP given... complete in means that you can create a reduction, uh, which is just a term for tra a transformation, a, tr a transformation in that runs in polynomial time that can change any NP problem into an NP complete problem. That was just a uh, circular definition. Yes. You, sure. didn't you didn't define it. You didn't define NP complete at all. A, a, okay, <laughs> problem is uh, defined to be NP complete if any NP problem can be reduced into that problem. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, sorry. Okay. There, yeah, I missed like three yes. words in there. Okay. So, yeah, and which means, or no, is it the reduction goes the other way? I can't remember. NP complete if it can be reduced into, no, if any can be, no, 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 I did yes. have it backwards. It's NP complete if it can be uh, transformed into any okay. other NP. Yes. No, I think uh, no, it's not. God damn it, my I think brain those is... are equivalent. Anyway, um, no, no, it, it can't be that because then you could trans. I'm, I'm pretty uh, then sure you could transform it into a P problem. I, I'm pretty sure that you NP. can you yeah. can very quickly verify whether or not this factorization was correct. Yeah, no, no, I'm not denying that it's in NP. I'm saying we don't know if it's P. Right, that's the point. No, it's it's not because factoring is not an NP complete problem. So since it's not an NP complete problem, showing that factoring is P doesn't give oh. you the rest of NP. Oh, yeah. okay, okay, got you, got you. Yes, yeah, so it's no, any other NP problem into traveling that. salesman. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it is definitely in that direction. The first direction was correct. So if you can solve that, that means if you can solve traveling salesman. If you can, in polynomial time, turn any other NP problem into traveling salesman, and then you can sol solve traveling salesman in polynomial time, then you can solve all of them in polynomial time. Have we talked about traveling salesman before? 
I no, I feel that that's one that is is well known enough. And if you don't know, just look it up. It's it's a pretty easy one, and we don't we'll get bogged down really quickly if we. All start. right, I was like, you can do a quick definition. Oh, okay, uh, okay. it's uh, you have a bunch. It's you have a essentially a bunch of cities. That you're trying uh, to visit to sell Trying to visit. To. There's a bunch of different ways to get all of them. Each one have a different monetary value. Think plane flights. And you need to travel. You need to get to every single city. What's the cheapest way of doing it? Yeah. Or the, Without repeating the shortest path. Or the shortest path. Or the, or the shortest path. Yeah. 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 But, I mean, if we're thinking plane flights, just cheapest. Okay. Yeah. But, I mean, that's the general idea. And so that is an NP-complete problem. My main issue is that they're kind of conflating that factoring numbers is NP-complete, which it is most assuredly not. not. We right. expect that factoring is hard, but we don't know what it is. We just know for a fact that it is not NP-complete. Oh, it's been proven that it's not? I'm pretty I'm, I'm sure pre- that it has If been. it's been proven it's not NP-complete, then it's not NP either. Nope. No? That is not an equivalent is a statement. a subset of NP. Yes. Yeah, okay. it could, yeah. Mm-hmm. It might not have been proven that it's not, but they're almost uh, sure that it isn't. I mean, because there's an entire another subset that's NP-hard. Saying you could look it up. Real quick. Yeah, oh, you've been yelling at me every time you're on here for me looking things up. Sam's our designated you. Wikipedia looking things up. That, on that, the Wikipedia. that helped us get corrected with the four five hundred stuff, right? It's useful. Sure, I, I was pretty. Yeah, I was pretty sure. Yeah, but you know. there's definitely a Forbes list of richest people. Yeah, I think no, they call I, the I Forbes think I've richest. One, but I think they only five hundred or it's four hundred. hundred or no, something. it's like it's at least four hundred. I think. Yeah. But. So I recently saw that, <laughs> talking on that topic, since I know it's it's kind of off on the side, but um, uh, Apple recently surpassed Microsoft as being the most valuable tech company mm. by some In by market something. capitalization. Right, right, which is not exactly whatever, but their market capitalization value was something like $200 billion, mm. which means... Bill Gates is worth a quarter of the most valuable tech company in in the world. Like for one mm. man to have as much power as this, these massive um, hundred thousand employee co- corporations mm-hmm. is. Yeah, I mean, when you I, think about it, it, it's it's interesting to uh, think. Yeah, this. Okay, uh, sorry, uh, sorry to interject, but the main reason why it's uh, believed that. Uh, factoring numbers is not NP complete. It's not completely proven, but it, they're almost sure of it. Is okay. because it's in both NP and co-NP. Oh. Both yes answers and no answers can be verified easily. A lot of time, no answers cannot be verified that they're no yeah. easily. And because uh, usually you have to like traveling yeah, salesman, you would, how do you, yeah, how, okay. yeah, you you would have to then yeah, find the yes it, answer to verify that the other one is not an answer. And yeah, two primes oh, you can right. just multiply together, and, and they if it's are equal, yeah, so it's equal. in both uh, NP and co-NP. Well, so that means that if you could show that it's NP complete, that would mean that NP and co-NP are equivalent. Yeah. Uh, which uh, they also don't believe. I mean, well, P versus NP is not one... the only big complexity issue. Yeah. There's NP versus co-NP. There's a P versus some other complexity class, which is almost as important of a question. And so, I mean, it. so you can continue on, but it, that is the main reason. It's just this. Yeah, I was about to say, if somebody had proven that it was not NP complete, 
I would have thought I'd known about it. Well, I mean, the proof that it's co-NP is not as easy as you're as you're saying. It's not like I mean, no, yeah, it's because you could have two two you, numbers you have that to multiply. Use the AKS primality test. Yeah, you yeah, there, you could have two numbers that multiply together, get to the right thing, but one of those two numbers isn't fully factored. And so it boils down to fact to, to proving that that you number to, is prime or not. Yeah, prime. you have to prove and that the other numbers yeah, are prime it was first only, to show that it's a prime factorization. Then you can multiply right. them together. I was it was saying, only given, in, the pri- given a bunch of primes so so these well, factors. Right. So the no answer is not uh, is this a factorization because the no answer is still it is a factorization probably, but it's not a prime prime factorization. But so you know like eight, that. it's two times. You know a factorization of eight could still be two times four. Yeah, okay. But that's but not that's a not prime, prime factorization. Right. But I, but you can test primality in polynomial time. That only came out in 2004 or something. Yeah. Hmm. So they finally came up with an algorithm that tests primality in pol- in polynomial time, which is That's interesting all by yeah. itself. Yeah, I know. Uh, I read I read a bunch into that paper. It uses it uses polynomial rings in yeah, some cool way. It is cool a way. fucked up test. I remember we talked about that on the show, didn't we? Like I gave the algorithm and it made no sense on the air because I was just reading it out and I didn't oh, understand yeah. it. <laughs> it, it. It's a seven, it's like there's a seven step algorithm, but one of them is, is. It, yeah. It, oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I it, it's, it's cool though that, that they found it. Um, and then they got upper bounds that are that are different different powers, you know, because it's the log the log of the of the whatever. So so it's and then that raised to like the twelfth power or something. But if you if you already know that the um, if you know that the uh, Riemann hypothesis is true, then it reduces that power down to like the sixth power. So <laughs> assuming the Riemann hypothesis, <laughs> it's actually much better. Yeah, uh, without uh, even altering the algorithm. We should yeah. get Perlman to solve the Riemann hypothesis. <laughs> he too, he's but... not doing any more math ever. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> bullshit. Which he apparently <laughs> hasn't done any in like the last six years. Six years. Yeah, yeah, but mm. but ha- I mean, well, he hasn't published any. No, um, but I mean, the claim like the claim from people who actually know him is that he literally has not done any. Nobody knows this guy. No, no but he actually I, does <laughs> have friends and neighbors. Well, I'm just saying he's not that, a complete recluse. That, um, there's. There's, There's that that, who was fo- the fa- that who was cell that? phone photo of him in that bookstore. <laughs> who was that young the young mathematician who who like almost fell off in a carriage or something and he he said I'll give up math if you save me God and then went back to math anyway. I I don't know um, that quite probably apocryphal tale. Yeah, it might not. Be <laughs> I remember another one. But somebody but killed by a shattering plate. Or yeah, something. so let let's get back a little bit to this this article. Uh I mean, one of the things I, I mean, it, other than the fact that there is some pretty bad math embedded in this about P and or what NP problems really mean, uh, I mean, with the prime factorization, but that's just me being a little bit picky. I, in general, it I think that this is really good that, I mean, this shows up in something like Forbes. I mean, I'd love yeah. to see it in something. The question is why? I mean, well, I, because, because maybe they feel that. Uh, Tech or business people should start paying more attention to tech. Maybe actually understand some of the questions. I mean, that's the only yeah, thing I, mean, I can that's... think of. Maybe it's just they like this writer a lot. Maybe yeah. as a tech column, he, well, it, I think he might have a column called Digital Tools. Actually, well, he brought up the point that that the factorization problem in particular is, is directly related is to business. The only mm-hmm. reason the internet is worth a damn. Um, so, yeah, well, I mean, we now have other crypto algorithms, but we're still yeah, using factorization. I'm pretty sure, I mean, even like the, the discrete log problems in NP problem, I'm pretty sure. Um, 
Right, but elliptic curves use the discrete log. It it uses the discrete log. It, it well, it's a different discrete log, but um, well, I mean, so just it's, think what you could do with I don't know, airplane companies and bus companies if you solve this problem. You traveling salesman. Traveling, yeah, that's a direct nap. The knapsack as well would be. Yeah. Very well, but useful. but like you said, this one's not NP complete or not proved NP complete. So yeah. so it doesn't it doesn't. Well, yeah, give no, you I'm solution. solving. Yeah, solving the factorization doesn't, and that right. could it, solving the factorization doesn't give you discrete log. But solving, solving traveling salesman gives you both. Yeah. Right. But solving the factorization does um, give you the power to steal everybody's money in the mm -hmm. world. Yeah. Every everybody's money. Yeah. I wonder what would happen. I've I've, I've Often contemplated that. What happens if you solving the Riemann gives it to you too? But yeah, I keep wondering what happens if you like Riemann go tells off? you where all the primes are. Then it's just a brute force search, which actually takes a lot less time because you could bound it, it which gives yeah. you polynomial time. But it just makes you curious as a theater, theoretical concept. What happens if you went online and actually stole everybody's money? I mean, would everybody recognize the fact that your money was actually worth something, or would that make money no, worthless? No, it wouldn't. Your money yeah. would not be worth a cent. Yeah, your money would be uh, worthless. You would at be that much. Point. You would be much better off selling, uh, contacting a bunch of people, telling them that you had the algorithm, and selling it to all of them at once. Or creating your own companies and just taking over everybody else's. Uh, it, it would be really smart at the moment that you find the the p the p version of the prime factorization to start a um, internet cryptography company specializing in elliptic curve cryptography. Mm. Well, <laughs> but those already exist. Yeah, so, but and they probably know it better than well. But if you manage to factor to factor in polynomial, you're probably pretty good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that you're a, a neophyte or a dilettante. Yeah, I I don't. I mean, that would be. I, the entire internet would have to be essentially shut down for a couple months or else the entire world would explode. No, if I you, think the NSA would just come in, crack down, stick you in a box. No, no wait, but if you, publish it, if you publish it and they don't catch it for would, 30 minutes, that's it. Two minutes. Well, yeah, if, okay, if you bothered sure. to publish it to the whole world. First. Yeah, no, I mean, if it's, if it's published for a ten moment. To, ten to one, whoever, if someone does find it, mm -hmm. uh, it's probably not going to be someone who, say, reads... It's, honestly, it's not going to be someone who reads Forbes. It's going to be some fucking hacker kid who's immediately going to be like, oh my god, I have to show my friends. <laughs> or it could be a mathematician. We have, or a computer scientist. There are shit yeah, Who will of, also want to be like, hey, yeah, guys, yeah, look at true. this. <laughs> yeah, but true. I think if some hacker kid figures it out, none of his friends is going to understand what he's talking about, though. Yeah, but he he'll want to show it to them. Yeah, he yeah, can he can just show them. that it works. And his, his yeah, I mean his friends might take a year to figure it out and be able we, to yeah, use but, it. Yeah, but but they'll time. put it on 4chan. Yeah, it goes straight to 4chan for sure. <laughs> I guess you could do that. He'll be on 4chan and then it's everyone has it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. and honestly, if it's a hacker kid who solves something like this, I mean, once again this is I mean this is obviously all fantasy anyway. Uh, it, I mean, a hacker kid who solves all this Ten one, his friends are probably also math hacker types. Well, yeah, he's not going to he's not going to have a bunch of script kitty friends. These well, are going to be these are going to be fucking wizards. These are going to be big fucking dragons in either black or white hats. Yeah, I'm fi I'm 
Hopefully okay. white hats. Dear God, please let them be white hats. Exactly. Are, are we like, hoping the KKK gets the algorithm? White hat Is versus that, black hat. Black hat hackers are the white, ones who go hackers. in and try to destroy shit. White hat hackers are the ones who just kind of show that they can and then release all their data so that you can stop people from doing Fix it next time. And then hang some black people by a tree? Or No, hacker, <laughs> hacker speak. I I just, I don't like, I would not voluntarily call myself a white it's, hat anything. It's a spy versus spy reference. Yeah, this Nazi yeah. guy here. Uh... <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah, that's <laughs> a we're step talking in the right direction that. We were for talking him. about that a couple minutes ago. <laughs> okay, so I think we've, we've kind of exhausted these articles. Uh, so for Eric Everstein, Anthony Solari, and Nathan Rowe, uh, I am Samuel Hansen admitting that, yes, I am better than all of these people. Thank you for listening. Well, that is it for one more episode of Combinations and Permutations. Make sure you stay clued into the RSS stream for this podcast because the next episode is going to be the 50th episode extravaganza. It's going to be big, people, really. Something like you have never heard before from us at least you've probably heard it from various other people or at least things similar to, to it well if you want any spoilers for the 50th episode make sure to send me an email at samuel at acmescience.com also make sure you pop over to acmescience.com to catch any links that you may want from today's articles that we discussed the music on this podcast is from SP12. You can find them over at opsound.org. And finally, this is a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike licensed podcast. So I'm not going to tell you to create anything this, this week. I'm just going to ask you, please go over, donate some money to Creative Commons. The work that they do is really fantastic. And they're being attacked from a few different sides from people who have done way too much attacking recently anyway. So go donate some money, and thanks for listening.